One of the most um, common greetings that we all hear around, tell me if you agree, is God bless you. God bless you. We hear it all the time. God bless you. But here's a question for you. What does that really mean? What does that mean? What, what's a blessing? <clears throat> How do you define blessing? Would, would you know a blessing if it smacked you across the head? I mean, would you know it? Would you know it? The Bible says that sometimes a problem is a blessing. No, thank you, Lord. I got enough blessings, God. I'm good. Um, <clears throat> if we pray for God to bless us, how do we even know if it's happened, if you don't know what a blessing is? The word bless in the Bible, there's a Greek word for that, and that's the original language. It's makaros. And makaros, the word for that is, how many want to guess what it is? I heard a couple guesses. Happy. Happy. That's what it means. That's what it means. It's the word for happiness. To be blessed is to be happy. <clears throat> to have a blessing is to have happiness in your life. Uh, when Jesus says, you're blessed if you do this or you do that or whatever, he's saying, you're going to be happy if you do it my way. All right? It's the exact same word. Happiness, blessed, same thing. How many of you uh, know somebody who seems to complain all the time? Yeah, raise your hand. I see some people. How many, go ahead, raise your hand if you know somebody who complains all the time. Keep them up there if it's you. Go ahead. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. It's hard to make you happy. <laughs> you have something probably to complain about by the end of this message, probably. <laughs> it's interesting. Some people complain about everything. Uh, it's the weather. Oh, gosh, man, the weather. Or it's the music's too loud or the, the service uh, that I get at the restaurant is too slow. I've been sitting here for three minutes. Wouldn't you think I'd have a hamburger or uh, some chicken sandwich by now? Would that have to do? Go out and pluck the chicken? I heard Walter tell me that one time. It was pretty funny. Some people, it's almost like a spiritual gift. Complaining. <laughs> You're good at it. A lot of people complain about their jobs and other people, they don't have a job. They complain about that. I find that interesting. Don't you? Just the opposite. Several people complain that they have too much to do and some people complain they're bored. <laughs> That's kind of frustrating for me, by the way. Those people who complain that they're bored. Some women complain that they can't have children, and many more complain about their children. <laughs> a lot of them complain about their husband, and others complain that they don't have a husband. A lot complain <clears throat> about work around the house, you know, which I don't blame them. There are many who complain that they don't have a house. Some men complain about the wife. Other men complain they can't find a wife. Men, I'm speaking to you, by the way, Jared, Carter, if you're listening to me on podcast. <laughs> I'll get a text on that one, I know. Men complain about traffic. <laughs> they complain about bad drivers. They complain about sports uh, uh, teams and, they, and players, pretty significant things men complain about. A lot of guys complain about not enough money, not enough time, 
And we all complain that we don't have nice enough things. We complain about people. Uh, people complain about the silliest things. <clears throat> Some people complain so much, you would think there's no way possible that that person could be happy. I mean, how could they be happy? And Jesus begins this sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we talked about the most famous, uh, well, we think the most famous uh, scripture a few weeks ago, the 23rd Psalm. This is claimed to be his most famous message, the Sermon on the Mount. And the first word out of his mouth starts with blessed. He goes on and he talks about different ways to be blessed by God, ways to receive God's blessing on your life, ways to receive happiness. And we need to know what Jesus says is gonna make us happy. I don't know about you, I wanna know, don't you? Amen? It's okay if you say amen. And this world needs to know that. This community needs to know that. <clears throat> and I wanna tell you something, I love I love each and every person that's here. I really, really do. And the more I get to know you, the more I love you. I mean, if you can do um, rock, paper, scissors and win every across the board, every against everybody, I love you, man. That's awesome, Tim. He, he, he did it last night. <laughs> we, we did a little tournament, rock, paper, scissors, and see who would come out everybody against everybody and see who come out as champion and Tim came out to be the champion. I don't know how he figured it out. But I love you guys. I, I, I want God to bless your life. I want God to bless your relationships. If you're in school, I want him to bless your studies. Uh, if you're married, I want him to bless your marriage. I want him to bless your finances. I want him to bless your career. I certainly want him to bless your health. I want him to bless your talent. I want him to bless your future. I want God to bless you. So how do we receive the blessings of God? And as we look at scripture today, we're gonna to find that, first of all, and this is probably no surprise to you, we can't blame God, all right? God, and I wanna put emphasis on this, wants, he wants to bless us. He wants to bless you. But you have to get blessable. You have to be blessable. A lot of us don't live our lives in ways that God can bless uh, God isn't gonna bless sin. He's not gonna bless arrogance. He's not gonna bless uh, your nasty attitude. I mean, you know, complaining and grumbling about everything. He's not gonna bless indifference. There are a lot of things God will not bless. So today, I'm gonna share with you the first way, just the first way from the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus talks about. And that's in Matthew. We're gonna start with Matthew chapter five. He says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain uh, Crystal and I got a, an opportunity to go to Israel and we were able to stand right there where, where he was given this, this Sermon on the Mount. It was incredible. And after, as the Bible says, after he sat down, his disciples came to him and began, he began to teach them. And the first thing that he says, and this is the scripture for today, is blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Many of us probably don't know what poor in spirit even means. Uh, so let's unpack that a little bit first. Um, isn't it neat that the first word out of his mouth is blessed? I think that's cool. We serve a God that, that wants to bless us. But what is poor in spirit? Because 
he's not talking about a physical poverty here. He's not, you know, he, he, he didn't say blessed are the poor. He said blessed are the poor in spirit. He's not talking about an economic poverty here. He's not talking about a materialistic kind of thing here. He's talking about spiritual poverty. To help us understand um, what he's saying here, I've got about three other translations, and I think it's going to really become clear. All right. The first one is God blesses those who realize who realize their need for Him, who realize their need for Him. How many have come already in your life to the point where you realize your need for Him? Yes. Another translation says like this, God blesses those who recognize they are spiritually helpless. Another verse, another translation says, God blesses those who depend, listen to me, only on him. You can see the pattern developing there. He's saying that you need to recognize that you are inadequate uh, uh, in your life without God, without God. Without God's help in your life, that's why we were just talking about in a dedication that, that, that if we try to take things in control and as parents do things on our own, but we're dependent, we gotta depend on him. Without God's help in your life, you are spiritually poor, you are inadequate. A good verse that describes this is in Psalms 146, verse five, it says, the Lord God blesses Who? Everyone, everyone who trusts him and depends on him. Now, this is the first condition for God's blessing on your life right here. You've got to trust him. You've got to depend upon him. And that's what it means to be poor in spirit. Here's the definition. I humbly depend on God. Listen, and this is important. Instead of myself. Instead of myself. I know that I'm inadequate to handle all of the problems that I'm going to face in life. And so today, my title is Helplessly Happy. Helplessly Happy. So if I want God's blessing on my relationship with my husband, with my wife, um, if I want God's blessing, if I want God's blessing on my relationship with my son or some of you with your father, or anybody else, then I've got to be, I've got to be dependent on God. If I want God's blessings in my work, if I want God's blessing in my career, if I want God's blessings in my studies, if I'm at school, if I want God's blessings in my finances, in my health, I have to humbly depend on God instead of, instead of myself. So the question becomes, how do I do that? And let's use the word of God today to help us through this one. If you practice these things, I promise you, you will become a woman or a man who is poor in spirit, okay? And, and, and that's the kind of woman, that's the kind of man that God says he likes to bless. I wanna get in that position, don't you? <clears throat> so here's the first way to become helplessly happy that we must depend on, we must depend on God's wisdom. God's wisdom. I know many of you already uh, have your act together. And I don't say that facetiously. I mean that for real. I know many of you. And you've got your act together. Um, that's awesome. Many of you young people got your act together. But let's be honest. How many of you could use some more help? 
<laughs> and if that help just happens to be or come from the one, the, the one who knows everything, I mean, everything, he knows everything, we'd be pretty dumb. We'd be pretty stupid, pretty narrow-minded not to listen to the wisdom that God provides and just continue living based upon our own limited knowledge. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. And the key word to me there is seems. <clears throat> Have you ever thought, man, that, that seemed like the right thing to do. And it was the furthest thing from the right thing. I think we probably all have done that uh, where, where you've had this feeling or this hunch, if you will, and this is gonna be the perfect job and it turns out to be the dead end. This is gonna be the perfect relationship, that one that I've always wanted and it turns out to be a bust. This is the perfect person that I should marry. I know it. And we all know people who've made that decision and it's flopped miserably. Parents will often think, this is, the, this is it. This is the right thing to say my, to my kid, to my teenager, or to whatever stage in life. This is the right thing. And it turns out to be the opposite, completely opposite effect on him. And you're like, what? It happens in friendships. It happens in investments. We, we could go on and on thinking of all the painful examples where you wish that you had listened to God instead of your gut. Our feelings, our feelings lie to us, don't they? Yeah, a lot, of, a, a lot of stuff feels so right, but man, it is, turns out to be so wrong. The Bible says there's a way that seems right, seems right. So the first way to receive God's blessing in your life is you must depend on God's wisdom, not your feelings, not your feelings, not your thoughts, not what everybody else is saying. If you wanna have fewer dead ends in your life, if you wanna have a fewer defeats and fewer failures in your life, Proverbs, listen to this, Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six. This is something you wanna write down, keep in your notes and your app, uh, uh, bridge app. Uh, Proverbs three, five and six. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do. Everything that you do, how, how you spend your time, how, everything, how you spend your money, who you have relationships with, everything. And listen to what he says, and he will direct your paths. He will direct your paths. Sometimes we get lost, don't we? But if we do these things, it's a promise from God. He will direct your path. But then the thing that I want to call it is, it says, verse seven, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Don't go around saying, you know what, man, I've got this all figured out. I can handle this. I'm a big girl. I'm a big boy. I know what I'm doing. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. And Bible says, instead, respect the Lord and turn your back on evil. There's some, there's some great scripture right there for you to live your life by. Just that proverb right there. So how do I get God's wisdom? The first thing you do is you gotta pray. That's how you talk to God. I think everybody knows that. That's how you talk to him. But how do you listen to God? Anybody wanna take a stab at that? How do you listen to him? Has he not given you plenty to listen to? 
Has he not written a book that's pretty doggone thick that you could listen to? Yeah. That's, what, that's how you listen to God is you read what he's already shared with you. You read his word. James chapter one, verse five, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, wait a minute. Yep, that's me. If any of you lack wisdom, you should pray and ask God who gives it, what? Generously and graciously to all. He gives it to everybody. All you have to do is ask for it. You don't have to be qualified for it, thank God. All you gotta do is ask. God doesn't want you to be stupid. He doesn't want you to make dumb mistakes, to to, to hit dead ends, to go through life failure after failure after failure uh, in your life. God wants, he wants you to succeed in your life to be wise. He wants you to make smart decisions with all of those things, the time and the money and the relationships and everything else. And he's waiting on you to ask. And God says, hey, I'm here. And I'll give you wisdom. And not only that, I'm gonna give it to you generously. I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give you wisdom generously. Wisdom generously. That means a lot. I'm gonna give it to you graciously. You don't deserve it, but I'm gonna give it to you. How do you know if you're really depending on God's wisdom? You're talking to God throughout the entire day. As you're going through your day, you're talking to him. That's when you're depending on God's wisdom. You're talking to him throughout the day. If you're not going, God, um, I'm getting ready to go into this meeting. I'm getting ready to go into this class. If you're not going, you know, God, I'm getting ready to meet up with some friends. What should I do? What should I say? If you're not talking to him throughout your day and reading every day, you're depending on your own self. You're depending on your wisdom. I'm gonna tell you something. You're just fooling yourself because that's why you have uh, so many problems. That's why you have so many things that fall through or fail and, and why you end up in so much pain in a lot of your life. You're not depending on God's wisdom. You're not depending on God's wisdom. If you're taking notes here today, write this down. God's wisdom and God's will are in God's word. I wanna tell you, share a story with you just real quick. I won't take too long. Just this week, is it okay if I share this, Devin? Uh, He called me up uh, and we were talking and he said, um, hey, and I know him well enough to know that um, this meant something to him. And we got through talking, and right towards the end of his, hey, hey, uh, just uh, want to ask you if you'd just pray for me. I've got some meetings coming up over the next couple of days. And he explained why he wanted me to pray, because this guy had, his, his boss had some health issues in the family, and he had to instantly drop what he was doing and give it to Devin, who hadn't even seen the presentation. And so he's asking Devin to present to, I'm not talking about to any old buddy, I'm talking about to the president of the company and to the CFO and et cetera. Okay, so he's, he's not freaking out. I didn't sense any of that going on. He just said, Dad, I want you to ask the Lord to kind of 
you know, help me out with this. Now that's what we should do, isn't it? I mean, if we're, if we're facing an issue or whatever it is, shouldn't we ask for God's wisdom in this thing? Shouldn't we ask for God's help and assistance in this thing? And so I had to, <laughs> of course, we're praying, right? And I had to reach out to him. And he says, dad, I, I, I pull, I, I, I saw him pull in the other night. And I said, I got to go check it out. How'd it go? And as soon as he got out of the car, he had his big old grin on his face. And he goes, this couldn't have been me, dad. It was God. I mean, this whole thing worked out and, you know, if they found favor in him and what he was doing, etc. Don't Let's give the Lord a hand clap for that. Listen to me. If you don't have God's wisdom, if you don't have God's wisdom, you won't be blessed and you won't be happy. Not true happiness. Let me give you another one today to be blessed that we must depend on God's strength. God's strength. God's power, God's energy. Listen to me, the most important thing, not mine. Man, the older I get, I realize I don't have any. I used to think, man, I was invincible? Is that the word? Invincible. Ah, yeah, the older I get, John, the more I realize that ain't it, that's for sure. I do not feel that way. So misguided as I was younger. But we get worn out. Your strength is limited. God's strength is unlimited. Your strength is finite and God's is infinite. God never, he never runs out of energy. He's like Roman. Never. <clears throat> God never gets tired. Psalm 84, 5, David said, listen, you, you bless all who depend on you for their strength. You want God's happiness in your life, depend on God for your strength. What do you do when, you, when, when you're spent? I mean, when you're, when you're exhausted, no energy to get through the week. And here's a promise from God in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. A lot of scripture today. This is more teaching today than anything. It says, those who trust in the Lord. You notice a theme here? It's like you gotta, you gotta depend on him. You gotta trust him. Here it is. Those who trust in the Lord for help will find their strength renewed. They will rise on wings like eagles. Never done that before. But that would be cool, and the feeling would be cool. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not grow weak. How many want that for their life? In the darkest moments of life when you can't get your way out, you need God's strength to get through. I've seen people go through divorce and never recover. People go through breakup, never recover. People go through major illness. I've seen them go through bankruptcy. People get fired. People that get laid off. People that get arrested. People that get addicted and, 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 and all kinds of things. I've seen people go through all kinds of different things and they never, and they never recover because they're depending on their own strength. The only way that you can get through the darkest days of your life is on God's strength. God's strength. If you're here today and you're going through a season of your life where you wonder if you can make it, you've got to depend on God's strength. Depend on him. Here's a verse that I'd like for you once again to write in your Bridge app. An even better verse, really, to memorize. It's the 
It's only one sentence. It's Psalm 71, 16. It says, I walk in the strength of the Lord. I walk in the strength of the Lord. Memorize it. When you get up in the morning and all you want to do is pull the cover right back over your head. How many ever felt like that before? I got a feeling there might be some that feel like that Monday morning. They just, you know, you know, hit the alarm clock. He's going off and, oh gosh, and pull the cover back over your head. And this time I want you to sit up on the side of the bed and say, I walk in the strength of the Lord. I walk in. And then when you, when you get up and, and you end up going to school or you go to work or whatever, and you have that first conflict with somebody, and, and I want you to say, I walk in the strength of the Lord. And later when you get home or, or you get a phone call at work or whatever and it's bad news and you've, you're frustrated and you're all you know, scared and maybe anxiety and, and stress begins to set in and you say, I, I walk in the strength of the Lord. Good. It's a good verse to memorize. I walk in the strength of the Lord. And late in the day when you're out of energy, yet there's still so much more to do. Ever been like that before? Oh, you say to yourself, I walk in the strength of the Lord. And when you lay your head down finally, on your pillow, and your mind won't let you sleep. Any ever, anybody been like that before? I'm asking a lot of questions today. <clears throat> I've been like that, worrying, kind of freaking out there in bed. Oh my gosh, I was supposed to do this. I, at work, and, and, and you get to thinking, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm, I, anybody ever do that? I mean, like, you just, you're thinking, oh. You know, thinking about, well, the first thing I do when I get up, I got to go do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, and I got to do this, and, and I got to do this, and this, and pretty soon you're going, like, you know what, I might as well just get up. But I want you to remember that verse, and you, I want you to say it, I walk in the strength. The next time you can't sleep at night, I walk in the strength of the Lord. I walk in the strength of the Lord. That's the kind of woman that God blesses. That's the kind of man that God blesses and makes happy. In his strength, our weakness can actually be a good thing. A good thing in your life. If, if it causes you to depend on God, it's a good thing. <clears throat> Second Corinthians, Paul says, three times I begged God to take away my weaknesses. I, God, get rid of these weaknesses, man. They're like a weight on me. Get rid of them. Three times he begged them. Anybody got any weaknesses? Each time God said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weaknesses. So Paul says, I now gladly boast about my weaknesses. I boast how weak I am. Uh, uh, <laughs> I used to hide my weaknesses. I used to try to you know, cover them up. I used to be ashamed of my weaknesses. Paul says, not anymore, man. I'm proud of my weaknesses. Why is that? Because the Bible says, when I'm weakest, the power of Christ works in me and shows up through me. When I am weak, then I am strong. That's the paradox of depending on God. The third thing today to help us become helplessly happy is that I depend on God's timing. <clears throat> in sports, it's all about timing. Um, Matt Carpenter, who's not had a great season this year, um, not had a great time this year, not had great or perfect timing for sure. But last weekend, when the Cards beat the Cubs four straight, 
he was the one who, in one of the games, had perfect timing and won the game for him, smacked the ball out of the park. But let me tell you something. God's timing is perfect all the time. All the time. He don't get in a slump. God's timing is perfect all the time. The Bible says there are seasons to our life, and I hate this one, um, um, but the fact is one of those seasons is the season of waiting, of waiting. It's so hard to wait sometimes. It's so hard. But know that while you're waiting, God is working. In Psalm 31, it says, I trust once again in you, O Lord. You are my God. My times are in your hands. You're going to spend a lot of your life waiting. If you don't figure out how to trust God while you're waiting, you're going to spend a lot of your life not trusting God. Have you ever been in a hurry when God wasn't? You ever had that happen to you? You just want it now. I've had conversations with people that just wanted it now. God is never, listen to me, God is never in a hurry. Never. He's eternal. He, he's watching. He, he, he's working. He sees if you'll, he's seeing if you'll trust in him as you're waiting. Our culture today is fast everything, isn't it? It's uh, uh, get, as, get it as quickly as you can. I mean, fast lane, the fast food, whatever it is. If we wait more than 3.5 seconds for our food, we're ticked. Uh, that, that's our culture today. But it goes against God's blessings in our life because God's blessing comes through these times of waiting. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says God has set the right time for everything. He set the right time for everything. Some of you may be in a time of waiting, waiting on the right job. Some of you might be waiting on God's answer for your son or for your daughter. Some of you might be waiting on the person, if you know what I mean. Somebody might be waiting on the answer to a health situation that's going on. If you're honest, you might say, I'm frustrated right now with how slow this is all working. We've all been there. Isaiah chapter 60, it says, I am the Lord, and when it is time, (laughs) I will make these things happen quickly. When it is time, I want God's timing. The world waited for thousands of years for Jesus to come the first time, but he came at just the perfect time, and now we've been waiting over 2,000 years uh, for Jesus to come back the second time and I want to tell you something. I just saw an article not too long ago. It was in, published in July. Um, if you know anything about the end time, um, over in Sweden, they are, they are producing uh, chips that they put into the wrist and they put into uh, somewhere else in your body. And you're able to, the, the goal is to not use cash, a cashless society. If that's not the end time, I don't know what is. If you know anything about scripture, God's coming back soon. He's coming back real soon. But you know when he's coming back? Here's the answer. In God's perfect time. In his perfect time. The Bible says to be ready. 
That's, that's what it's saying. All I gotta say is, is we need to be ready. That's why we're here. We need to be ready. We need to be watching. We, we need to be waiting on him. Trust him, he's coming back. When I think about how we do it, it's kind of humorous sometimes. We pray about something that we want. Um, God, the, the creator of all things, of everything. Lord, I, I wanna give you kind of first crack at this one. I wanna give you a try at this one. Um, could you do this really fast for me? But listen, if you don't work on my timetable, I'm just going to step in there and do it kind of myself. But I just want to give you the first crack at it, God. <clears throat> and God says, no, trust in me. And Micah 7, 7 says, I trust the Lord God to save me and I will wait for him to answer my prayer. God always gives his best to those who wait on him. If you get in a hurry, <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you right now, you're settling for second best. When you're waiting on God, listen close. Before God uh, brings the best man or the best woman into your life, the best job into your life or the best opportunity into your life, uh, the devil, he, here's what he's gonna do. He's gonna present to you all other kind of options that he can. He's gonna throw everything that's not God's plan in your, in your face and he's gonna give you all these different options and we just go, you know what, I'm tired of waiting. I'm gonna take one of them. I'm gonna go with it. And you settle for less than God's best in your life. Don't do it. Don't do it. God always gives his best to those who leave the choice to him. But if you get frantic and you get nervous and you get in a hurry and you start trying to answer your own prayer, you're, you will make a, fi a fatal flaw. You will make a terrible mistake. Listen, God promised Abraham and, Isaac and, and, and uh, uh, Sarah a uh, son. But when God waited too long, you know, in, in Abraham's mind, Abraham took matters into his own hands. <clears throat> Long story short, uh, it never turns out good. Never turns out good when you shortcut God's plan. Abraham didn't wait on God. And even today, we in the U.S. suffer from this mistake that he made because of the event that occurred on 9-11. You see, because the ancestors of Ishmael, the one that was born, the one that was taken into his hands, his descendants are those, are those people. Waiting on God's timing saves us all so much, so much heartache. Another way to become helplessly happy is to depend on God's wealth. How many know he owns everything? If you put your security in your bank account, guys, regardless of how much you got in there, um, you're, you're an insecure person. If you put your security in your job, you're an insecure person. Some of you know that today. If you put your security in investments today, uh, you're a very insecure person. With just one risky statement from the president and all the investments can take a dive. Or from any other prominent financial figure and your portfolio is wiped out, cleaned out. You must, you must put your security in something that cannot be taken from you, and that is God. We've got to depend on him for our wealth. Philippians chapter 4, 19 says, and my God will supply all my needs from his abundant wealth because of what Christ Jesus has done for me. I'm gonna move along here today. 
And I'm going to jump to the next one. Finally, if you want to be blessed by the Lord, you must depend on God's defense. On his defense. There will always be people around you who will misunderstand you, people who don't like you, people who will criticize you, that will judge you, that will attack you, that will gossip about you. They won't go to you and talk to you about it. They'll gossip about it. They'll talk to everybody else but you about it. They'll spread rumors about you. Some people think if I could just be perfect, then everybody else would like me, but that's wrong. Jesus was perfect. And look what they did to him. A lot of people didn't like him. Even your closest relationships that you have, those who love you the most, your husband, your wife, you'll be misunderstood sometime because, listen, we, we, we live in a broken world. When, when misunderstood, when attacked, when, when, when criticized, when someone slams you, it's our natural tendency to slam right back, to go after them. And I'm telling you here, don't do it. Let God be your defender. Don't defend yourself. Let God be your defender. That's hard to do. God says you, you have two choices. You can defend yourself or you can let me defend you. Which one do you think can do a better job? God can you're, you're, you're most like Christ when you say, listen to me, listen, when you say nothing. You're most like Christ when you say nothing. In the face of an attack, in the face of an unjust, unfair criticism, you're most like him. In the face of lies about you, when you say nothing, you're most like him. First Peter chapter 2, verse 23, it says, when they hurled insults at him, meaning Jesus, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats back. Instead, he entrusted himself to God to set things right. Shall we stand together as the worship team comes? God will defend us. He will defend us. Depend on him. Depend on him. This is a principle, guys, that we've got to learn. I'm gonna tell you something. To be a leader... <laughs> To be a leader is to be misunderstood. <laughs> if you're going to be a leader, a leader in your home, if you're going to be a leader at school, if you're going to be a, a leader in your community, if you're going to be a leader in the church even, or anywhere else, somebody's going to misunderstand you. Just count on it. Just count on it. Pioneers. They get the arrows in the back. I want to encourage you to be people who'll say, I'm going to do the right thing, regardless. I'm going to do the right thing. People who are living to, to hear God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Listen, in Psalms chapter 2, verse 12, God blesses and protects everyone who runs to him. I want to run to him today. To run to him. Psalm 62. And by the way, David, who wrote this, was criticized his entire life. He was attacked his entire life. Most of his life, people wanted to kill him. And David said, 
I depend on God alone. I put my hope in him. He alone protects and saves me. He is my defender. And I shall never be defeated. My salvation and honor depend on God. He is my strong protector. He is my shelter. Notice the five metaphors there. David says he's my protector, he's my savior, he's my my defender, my victor, he's my shelter. He's saying God can, so let him handle it. He can do it, so let him handle it. When you do that, you're being poor in spirit. When God sees a person like this, he goes, that's my boy. That's my girl. That, that's who I want to bless. That, that's, that's who I want to make happy.